Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, rugby fans, and welcome to episode 119 of the DNVR Rugby Podcast. My name is Colton Strickler. I'm your host. I'm officially back from Uruguay. I'm back in Denver um, after spending a week with the Raptors. I spent the first half of the tour with them. Awesome, awesome experience. Super thankful I got to go. Um, as I kind of look back on it now, a couple days removed and kind of in the moment, even when it came time to leave, I was sad to go. Excited to be home, but I was sad to leave and miss the rest of the tour um, because I did really have a good time. I had a lot of fun working on a bunch of different things and uh, just really enjoyed my time. And I'm very grateful and thankful that I got the opportunity to go do that. So uh, this podcast will focus heavily on, on what I saw and what I'm kind of expecting moving forward the rest of the tour. Um, but we'll go ahead and talk about all that and more. And this week's episode. So we'll go ahead and start by jumping into the breakdown. As always, the breakdown is brought to you by O'Neill's. O'Neill's is the official sportswear supplier to the biggest teams in world rugby, Infinity Park, and the American Raptors. Shop apparel now at O'Neill's.com. That's O N E I L L S.com. Uh, like I said, back in Denver, happy to be home, but I was sad to leave. Um, and if you've kind of been following along, I guess we can talk more about the rugby part of it all. If you've been following along, um, you, you'll know that it's pretty hard to not consider this trip a success if you're just looking, you know, based solely off results. Um, so for those that don't know, the Raptors picked up a big 68-27 to victory over Uruguay A on Sunday afternoon at the Carrasco Polo Club. Those grounds were awesome, by the way. I think that's one of the things I like most about the tour is um, I know when, when they originally had planned on me going down there, I went for the first week because the first match that the Raptors were supposed to play was going to be against Uruguay A at the Estadio Charrua, which is the national stadium. And so I wanted to be there for that. Fortunately, there was something going on there, so we had to get moved. And so um, played at the Carrasco Polo Club, but they trained at Estadio Charrua all week. So it was kind of cool to see. I got to see all these different grounds and all these different facilities. I mean, I thought that was really cool. I know I talked a little bit about Los Cuervos facility last week, but they had three nice pitches that have your very awesome, cool clubhouse. It was like a museum going in there. Um, they had a nice, cool little like kitchen social area, like a nice wooden deck. They had the locker rooms, and it was just it was cool to see. I'd never seen something like that before, um, so I really enjoyed seeing that. 
I mean, and then just that whole scrimmage, the fact that it was like in the middle of a forest, like in at a really late at night, I think kickoff didn't start till close to 9 p.m. So you're playing in the dark under the lights. That was cool to see. It's cool to see the setup. Um, the Raptors, like I said, training at Estadio Chaturua uh, for the whole week. So it was cool to kind of see the guts of that place and be out on the pitch and look at the weight room and just kind of see the facilities that they're working with there. Uh, and I, I did get it. Fortunately, I got to go to a, a club. I think it was like a D1 club final on Saturday evening. So I got to go see some live rugby there. That was cool to be a part of and just see the crowds get into it. It was like a soccer crowd that you see in the movies. They're chanting the whole game and they're lighting off smoke bombs and stuff like that. So that was fun to see. Um, and then got to close out the trip with a trip to the Carrasco Polo Club to watch that the Raptors play Uruguay A on Sunday afternoon. And that was awesome to see. That was a beautiful facility, beautiful pitch. Uh, beautiful, you know, the club itself is like a country club. So walking through the halls of there, you see the nice dance floor. The back really opens up and you see the polo grounds and you see people running, riding around on horses and stuff. So that was that was awesome to see too. So I am kind of glad that I didn't, you know, I, I, I'm I bummed to miss it, but I am glad that I got to see all these different grounds and facilities. That was a big thing that I enjoyed about the trip. But getting back to the rugby side of things, Raptors picked up a big 68-27 victory over Uruguay A on Sunday afternoon. Uh, and that match really didn't start great for the Raptors. They gave up a try within the first minute on a charge down kick. Uh, but they settled in after that. They logged three tries in the first half from Ty Enosa, Caleb Geiger, and Chase Stelling. Take a 21-20 to lead into the half. Uh, then they just put their foot on the gas in the second half, really. I think Campbell Johnstone got to scoring, started with a try. Um, I think they jumped out to like a 13-point lead, a 20-point lead, I think, and then Uruguay got one back, cut it back down to 13 points, and it was all Raptors from there on out. Uh, they ripped off 10 tries total in the afternoon. Campbell Johnstone only missed one conversion. So I rounded up some questions that I saw floating around at different corners of the internet.com, so I'll make sure talk more about this match and answer some of those questions. When we get to that segment, uh, here, in, here in a few segments, but I wanted to make sure I touched on it a little bit in the breakdown. I was hoping to get some more interviews locked down while I was there. That was part of my plan. Ran into some equipment issues while I was there, so nothing I could really do about that, and that bummed me out. But I'm glad I at least got one with Christian Alvarez last week. I really enjoyed that conversation. And I will be for sure catching up with guys when they get back. They're set to return next Tuesday. Um, I think they get into Denver next Tuesday evening, so... Um, and I, I know from a few of the guys that I talked to, they'll be sticking around Colorado for the holidays, uh, probably going or Thanksgiving at least, and then making their ways back home for Christmas. Uh, but there was another piece of Raptor news that I wanted to talk about that has something uh, to do with who we just mentioned earlier in this breakdown, Campbell Johnstone. The Dallas Jackals announced that Campbell Johnstone is heading back to Dallas to play with the Jackals in 2022. If you remember, Campbell was originally supposed to play for the Jackals last season, uh, but when the Jackals withdrew from the 2021 competition, uh, Johnstone kind of slipped through the cracks of the second expansion draft. That landed him a spot back in Glendale with the Colorado XOs and ultimately the American Raptors through the fall season. And I think that was a good move for both parties, both for the Raptors and Campbell Johnstone, because it allowed Campbell keep playing rugby. Um, you know, obviously he's playing in Uruguay. He's playing really well. Uh, and that gave the Raptors a little bit of a steady hand. It, it lets, you know, gave him someone that these crossover guys could lean on if they had questions. And uh, just a, like I said, he was a, a steady hand. 
cool customer all year in the back line and I think really helped aid in the growth and development of some of these new guys because as you have you heard as you've heard on the show like talked to you know Frank McKinney a couple weeks ago about it and talked to Mark and Peter and what kind of they've they've seen and they've learned through this whole process is that the backs are kind of more of a project than the forwards are um you know almost the American Raptors forward pack right now is almost exclusively crossover guys, whereas the back line is almost exclusively, you know, guys with prior rugby experience. So it takes a little bit longer. And so having guys like Campbell Johnstone in there to help, you know, slow things down or facilitate things a little bit has been uh, a tremendous help. And I think you can see that if you've watched any of the matches and stuff thus far. So congrats to Campbell. Wish him the best of luck down in Dallas. We will be watching. Uh, and I also wanted to mention that this is go this is the first of many Raptors that will get a look in MLR this season. I know um, I've heard some numbers floating around that maybe it's over 10 for sure, but even like up closer to 17 guys on this fall roster have gotten MLR looks. And that obviously um, he goes for guys like Dom Aquina that came to the Raptors to stay fit and continue to play rugby in between MLR seasons. But uh, I'm talking about quite a few new guys that will at least have preseason opportunities with MLR teams come December and January. So stay tuned for that. I will be releasing all that stuff when it's time. Uh, I'm trying to figure out the best way to kind of aggregate all that stuff and uh, put it out in a nice, neat package so that it's easy to keep up with. So I'll get my brain firing. I got a couple of weeks to kind of get that figured out, but it is coming soon and it is going to be quite a few people that you'll recognize from the Raptors crossover guys that have literally been playing rugby for a year getting looks in MLR. So that's awesome to see. It kind of does it for the breakdown. So the two things I wanted to touch on mainly and obviously got a lot more about the tour coming up here in, uh, in the question mailbag portion of the show. Um, so uh, we'll go ahead and jump into all the rugby you can watch this weekend. So the American Raptors will take on Uruguay A again for the rematch, the final match of their tour on Friday at 4 p.m. Mountain Time. That match should be streamed on AmericanRaptors.com. So make sure you check that out. We'll be tweeting through it again, and I will, of course, have a recap up. Should be up much sooner. Ran into some internet issues, um, you know, at the hotel, and then uh, flying on a plane to Miami, and then a layover in Texas. So it was a lot of back and forth in between. Uh, couldn't couldn't post on the plane. So we'll be out in a much more timely manner this week, I can assure you that. So stay tuned for all that. Uh, moving into the internationals, we got a full slate of international rugby this weekend, which is cool to see. It looks like the last one for you know quite a while. So soak it in, enjoy it. We've got Italy versus Uruguay on Saturday at 6 a.m. Mountain Time. Uh, we've got Scotland versus Japan on Saturday at 6 a.m. Mountain Time. We've got the Fran uh, France women versus New Zealand Black Ferns on Saturday at 7 a.m. Mountain Time. We've got Ireland versus Japan, the women's match on Saturday at 8 a.m. Mountain Time. We've got England versus South Africa on Saturday at 8.15 a.m. Mountain Time. We've got Wales versus Australia on Saturday at 10.30 a.m. Mountain Time. And then we have France versus New Zealand All Blacks on Saturday at 1 p.m. Mountain Time. Moving into Sunday, we have Ireland versus Argentina on Sunday at 7.15 a.m. Mountain Time. We have England versus USA Women on Saturday at 7.45 a.m. Mountain Time. We have Wales versus Canada women's match on Sunday at 10 a.m. Mountain Time. I think that does it for 
all the internationals, and I um, think that's all the rugby you can watch. I know there's a lot of other competitions going on, um, but these are the ones that I think you can watch, easily accessible. All these are on Flow Rugby, so if you're subscribed to Flow Rugby, you've got a full weekend of rugby ahead of you, which is cool. I think that does it for all the rugby you can watch this weekend. If I missed anything, I'm sorry. Still trying to get caught up on my sleep and get my internal clock fixed and all that stuff. So I uh, try, try to do a good segment there. Hopefully that's it. Um, with that, I guess we'll jump into the question portion of the show. Mailbag. These questions are brought to you by Guard Lab. Join the mouth guard revolution with the American-made mouth guards that perform, protect, and recover. Visit GuardLab.com for more information. So like I said, I had a couple more interviews lined up down in Uruguay, but ran into some problems with my equipment, kind of put the kibosh on that. So we have a mailbag instead, which I think is kind of what people want anyway. Uh, so I rounded up a couple of different questions, and I'll talk about them. also have some coming in via DM and stuff. So got a, a couple of questions here. I'll do my best to answer them the best I can. So the first one, how good was the Uruguay A team that the Raptors played on Sunday? Uh, the question, I, I mean, the answer I guess I have to this question is I'm not entirely sure because I heard a lot of different things. Going into it, I heard, you know, you know, guys 1 through 30 for Uruguay are in Italy right now. So the, I heard that these guys were like 30 through 57 or, you know, whatever the numbers line up. They're like truly the second team, the guys coming up. Um, but I know they were younger. I think they're around 21, 22, 23. Uh, and like I said, when I, going into the match, I believed it was Uruguay's second team. Some people have said online that's actually the third or fourth team. Um, this could very well be like the same team that the USA selects would have played. So if that gives you any idea, it's like a little bit younger guys coming up, you know, trying to crack their way into the into the big lineup, you know, first team lineup, stuff like that. Um, and I think that's ultimately what it was. So uh, I think there's a little bit younger guys, like I said, trying to work their way up. Um, and I do think that they kind of underestimated the Raptors a little bit, uh, as teams tend to do, because, you know, you hear all about these guys coming in, have only played rugby for a year. A lot of the guys on this trip, a lot of guys that were seeing significant minutes have only played rugby for a few months. Like they didn't even play in the spring. They just kind of picked it up at the end of the summer. Um, so I think they kind of underestimated the Raptors a little bit and, I think, you know, that kind of showed, like, they got out to a quick start, Uruguay did, um, but the Raptors just kind of hung around, took a took a lead in the first half, took a one-point lead into the halftime, and then, you know, ultimately uh, the Raptors are, are good athletes, uh, you know, above all else. They're still learning how to play rugby, but that kind of took over, and, uh, you know, that second half, the Uruguay did their best to keep knocking on the door and keep, you know, trying to score and work the ball deep into the Raptors' territory. But the Raptors, they held and turned that into points. Like as soon as they got the ball loose or as soon as a penalty, they wouldn't let it go and, and you know, it resulted in tries. So uh, I have heard also that Uruguay was going to try to make a few tweaks to, you know, the roster and the lineup and personnel ahead of this Friday's match. But the roster that they released this afternoon only had a couple of changes on it that I could see you know, just matching them up to last week. So uh, it's going to be tough to beat a team twice. I think that holds true in any sport, and it's no different in rugby. Now Uruguay, you know, has a little bit better idea of what the Raptors are going to do and what they're good at and, you know, how they can look at it. You learn, arguably, you learn more from a loss than you do a win. So I think it's going to be a good match. I think it's going to be a little bit closer, um, and I'm really excited to watch it on Friday afternoon. So I'd suggest that you tune in as well. How did the Raptors make it out of that first match health-wise? 
is a good question. I think there was only one, you know, real like serious injury. Uh, David still was the only Raptor that came out of there with an injury. I uh, did something to his lower leg, shin area. Uh, I know he went and got it checked out, but escaped with just a sprain, which is obviously good news, best case scenario. But other than that, everyone came out of that match pretty healthy, um, with the exception of, I guess, of a couple guys that kind of went in with a couple of non-COVID-related illnesses. I think, you know, uh, I guess that kind of leads into the next question is what impressed you most about the win? And I think, you know, reading this question and then, you know, sitting on it for a couple of couple of hours is um, I think the thing that impressed me most about the win was just kind of the resilience that the Raptors displayed throughout not only this match, but just like the whole trip. Because, uh, like I said, a lot of guys were dealing with non-COVID related illnesses from just being in a new place and being exposed to new allergens and a bunch of different food and you're changing up your diet and you're meeting new people and all this stuff and it's just kind of like a little bit of a culture shock because a lot of people uh, on the team that have never been out of the country before and even me like I've never been to South America before I've never been to Uruguay before and I'm not even trying to compete on like a you know an athletic basis I'm just trying to continue to do the stuff I normally do and make content and stay on top of all that but being in a new place and being in a different time you know it's four hours ahead of the Denver time and all that stuff's hard and it's hard to you know, adapt to those changes and continue to be at your best athletically and perform and, you know, be competitive and ultimately put on a good performance and win a game. Um, that's a lot to ask from a lot of people. And uh, I think that's kind of what impressed me most about it because they handled that all so very well. Um, they, you know, they took it in stride. Guys were sick. They toughed it out. Um, they played. And, you know, it, it showed up, it showed up in the score line. And you're going into, like I said, you're going into a new country, a new place, new people don't speak the same language that you're used to. Play, and I mean, you got to consider, too, a lot of these guys are playing. They're still playing a new sport. Um, I know I talked a little bit about on last week's episode, but a week like to the day a year ago, the you know, this first rugby town crossover academy camp like was taking place so some of these guys have gone a full year from when they very first picked up a rugby ball to now they're playing in Uruguay and they're beating you know this Uruguay A team whether it's their second team third team or fourth team I think that's impressive right like you have to be impressed with that and that's kind of what I'm impressed with you know about the match and the tour itself so um, they're putting together a good performance and I think on top of it all like I was trying to figure out a way to describe this earlier as I was, you know, coming into the podcast. And I think a, a, a term you hear a lot in other sports and football and basketball is like you're going into a hostile environment and you're trying to win a game. You're trying to overcome the odds and win a game. And like that's not the best way to describe it because the environment wasn't hostile. The people of Uruguay were very nice and welcoming and um, they, they treated us very well. They treated me very well. And so it wasn't hostile, but you're, you're still going into a play. They did not want to see the Raptors win. They didn't want to see, you know, the Raptors play good rugby and beat the, the guys that they cheer for in their own country, right? So you're still going into a place where, you know, you have a decent amount of attention. I was, I was impressed with the size of the crowd at the match and just even the people that came and watched the Raptors warm up. Um, I talk a little bit more about that later, I guess. But you're still going into this place and this environment where people don't want you to win. They want to see you lose, you know, and to, to go in a 7-0 hole early in the match, like literally everything that can go wrong in the first, you know, sequence goes wrong where they you receive the opening kick and 
you know, the ball ends up in Ty Anosa's hands and he tries to clear it out by kicking it and kicks it right into someone's, you know, gut who catches it and runs it in for a try. Like, that's about as bad of a start you can have. Everything's going off the rails. I mean, it would be so easy to crack and to, you know, not put up a fight, but that's not what happened at all. Um, you know, they hung around, they battled back, they got it, you know, Ty Anosa comes back down the field, scores a try, evens it up. Raptors go down again, two penalty goals, and then Caleb Geiger, you know, squirts in for a try there, you know, as we're kind of getting close to the second half, and they take a lead and, and all that stuff. So, like, to, to be able to battle back through all that stuff and just overcome, put all that stuff behind you and just play, I think is impressive because, again, we have to keep in mind, like, this a lot of these guys have just been playing rugby for a year. So to handle all of that, um, I was super impressed by that. And I think that's kind of one thing that has stuck out to me. And that's what I'm really excited to see, you know, moving into Friday. Because now you're getting to the point in the trip where, you know, you're tired. You're looking forward to going home. The end's in sight. You want to see your friends. You want to see your family. Maybe you got Thanksgiving on your mind. Like I said, a lot of these guys are, you know, have MLR stuff lined up. So report times are coming up. Are you looking forward to that? So I'm interested to see, can you, can you, you know, overcome all this stuff, the tired bodies, you're not sleeping in your own bed. You got a, you got a roommate now, you know, sleeping in the same room as somebody else. So can you put all of that again behind you? Can you build off of the successes that you've had, learn from the failures that you've had throughout the trip thus far and go in on Friday and win another match? So that's what I'm going to be kind of looking forward to, you know, come Friday. And that's what I've been impressed by so far. So I hope I did a good job of kind of explaining that. I think that was about as good of an answer as I could give. Um, but that, that's kind of what I've seen and what I've been impressed by. Uh, so uh, that's kind of that's kind of that question. It looks like we just got one in on Twitter. I was trying to, to, to stall, to be completely honest, so that this one could come in so I can read you this question. I want to know the strength of the team that they faced and if there were other teams they could have faced that were stronger, biggest learnings for the members of the team. So, like I said, I kind of talked about that a little bit, I suppose. Um, and it is kind of hard for me to kind of get a grasp on, you know, what what kind of level of competition, like who's good, you know, who, you know, how does the how does Los Cuervos stack up to, you know, any other team there? But how does Los Cuervos stack up to an MLR Academy team? Um, that's kind of hard for me to answer. Uh, but I can say, like, these guys have, you know, just watching Los Cuervos, like I talked a little bit on the episode last week, is their forward pack was so good. They worked together so fast, and they weren't bigger and stronger than the Raptors, but their technique was great. And you can just tell that they've played together for a while, um, and that, that was apparent. So stuff like that, um, I will say the Raptors have been bigger and stronger than, than almost everybody that I've seen them bump up against in Uruguay. Um and, I, and I'm not sure, I, like I said, uh, even this team, even this Uruguay A team that they've played, I'm not sure what, you know, who else is out there. I'm not sure if if there are other people out there that maybe Uruguay is just not trotting them out for whatever reason. So I'm not I'm not sure, like, what the disparity or, you know, the, the gap between competition that they have played and what they could have played. Um that, so that's some that's a question I guess I'm gonna have trouble answering but I will say like the biggest learnings for members of the team has just been uh, maybe not even on a in terms of like a on the field type of thing but it's been just learning about like rugby and seeing the culture because this is very realistically like the first experience a lot of these guys have had they see how 
you know, and I guess even in terms of on the field, they see what it looks like to go up against a team that's played together for, you know, since they were little kids coming up through the same club, they see, you know, um, different types of rugby, right? Like they have noticed in Uruguay, they're kicking a lot more than, than people have kicked against the Raptors and they're doing a little better, right? Like they're way better about chipping and chasing. They're way better about, you know, running stuff down and, and when the ball is loose, taking a stab at it with your toe, stuff like that. I think that's kind of stuff that they've seen. And um, I guess some of the other learnings, like I said, have just been the cultural aspect, right? Like seeing the respect and seeing, you know, how to act and seeing how teams welcome you in and the socials and the, you know, I think all that has big, been big learning experiences for them too. And I think they're kind of starting to get a real, like realization of if, you know, making the national team is something they're serious about, this is going to be something that they're going to have to do on a regular basis, right? Like you have to be comfortable with going in to, you know, uh, a foreign land and, and performing, like I just talked about for, you know, a couple of those minutes, like you got to see, uh, you got to be used to being able to go in there and, and just kind of fit in and put all that stuff behind you and just play. So I think that's kind of something they're learning now too. And I think if this tour has been any proof, it's that they can do it, right? Like they're handling the adversity well. Um, and I think that Friday will be another example of how they do it. And I'm looking forward to see how it goes. So thank you for the question. Hopefully I answered it well. Um, and I think if I didn't answer it well right there, you can maybe get bits and pieces of it throughout the questions that um, I've answered throughout the entire show so far anyway. So last question in the mailbag portion before we jump into required reading is what is next for the Raptors? So this tour signals the end of 2021 for the Raptors. Like I mentioned earlier, a lot of these guys are going to go play MLR in the spring. And to be quite honest, I don't really know what lies ahead for the Raptors as a, as a team yet in the spring. Um, I don't know what they have up their sleeve. I'm sure they have something. Like every time I think they don't, they, they surprise me. But I'd imagine that they'll have a whole new class of guys come in. They'll keep the wheels turning. Um, I still would like to see them play, you know, these, some of these MLR Academy sides, if that's something that they can continue doing. I think that's something that MLR wants to continue doing. And that kind of seems, again, like the perfect competition, like I've said. Um, if I'm being honest, I would love to see an MLR team for a preseason come out and, and take a shot at the Raptors. Uh, but I, I talked about that on an episode a couple of weeks ago. There's just, I don't think it'll happen. I think if anything, like, I think it could happen, but I don't think it will happen. Um, but I'm excited to see what happens, though. Like I said, they always have something up their sleeve, and I'm sure there will be, they will be playing rugby in the spring. I just don't know against who or where or what capacity, but I will, uh, whatever happens, I will be there, and I will be doing my best to cover it and let everyone know what I'm seeing and what they're doing, and uh, but for now, I'm going to enjoy the break. I'm going to enjoy the holidays and just kind of enjoy getting back into some regular content and a regular schedule. Uh, so make sure to stay tuned with all that. That does it for all the questions. Thank you to everyone that submitted questions. I like answering questions. It's been fun. I'm trying to do a little bit more. So we'll go ahead and jump in the required reading portion of the show now. Uh, it's going to be easy. Just go read all the stuff I've written about the tour, the stuff I'm going to write about the tour on the DNVR.com. I would appreciate it. I've been trying my best to keep people in the loop. And I do like to write. I feel like I don't have enough time to do it most of the time. But I'm trying to make a conscious effort to get better about that. Kind of closing out the year and moving into the new year. So go read all that stuff on the DMVR.com. Go ahead and close the show with The Loop. If you remember about a month ago, I said I've been working on this special project for a while now. And I still am. And now the season's rising down. I'm having more time to work on it. I'm waiting on one more interview. Um, and, and I've been promised I can do the interview. I just needed a, a certain team's football season to end, uh, and they'll be able to talk to me. And so that's going to be fun. 
So keep an eye out for that. We'll obviously blast it all out when it's all ready. Uh, and I'm checking in with, with my guy, Brendan Shea, here in a couple of weeks. He's coming back on the podcast. It's been a while since I've had him on. Um, and then, of course, as soon as some of the guys on the Raptors get back from Uruguay, I'll be sure to chat with them about their experience, what they liked, what they didn't like, you know, what they learned. Some of these questions that I've been answering are, you know, I'll make sure to ask them that. They're a little bit better suited to answer it than I am. Uh, so we got a lot on the fire. We got a lot going on. It's going to be a good end of the year, and we're going to move in strong to 2022. So thank you to everybody for listening. And I think that's it. That's my show for the week. Oh, what? Well, forgot of course i gotta plug the twitter the best way to keep up with everything we've got going on here at the nvr rugby for the rest of the year and of course moving into next year is to follow along on twitter at the nvr underscore rugby and at colton strickler now this is time to close the show that does it for the show this week uh thank you to everybody for listening i hope you had a great week i hope you have a great weekend and i will catch you all back here next week after i catch about 48 to 50 hours of sleep because I'm tired and my internal clock is all messed up. So thank you guys. We'll see you next week.